Well, good morning, Bethany North. My name is Anna Guerrero, and I'm so glad to be here with you this morning. Um, as I got to share about my friend Chantel moving on into a different season, I want to share about how we got to know each other. We met three or four years ago uh, through this unified vision that we were hoping to bring youth kids from the north of Seattle and the south of Seattle to learn a little bit more diverse perspective and understanding and get in relationship together and go on a unified mission together to develop a, uh, like a, a justice mission for people that were homeless in Seattle. Soon uh, after we started doing all this work and preparation, it was amazing because uh, the UGM then closed. And although that could have been the end of the story, Chantel and I had started to develop this wonderful relationship together. We started meeting together. Once a month, we'd get together for coffee and hang out and have just an amazing time together. Pretty soon, she invited me to be part of this group called United We Stand, which is a group of business leaders that were from diverse backgrounds, uh, talking about the intersection of faith and race. And as that time came to a close, this position for a children's director came up, and I dared to ask her and invite her into uh, Bethany North. And she said yes, through the Spirit's leading. And uh, what a gift of relationship of a, a path and a way that neither one of us thought the destination is where we were headed, but the destination was our relationship. Now, in our story today, we have the perspective of hindsight to talk about the great works of Philip and the eunuch. And I just told the story from the hindsight of this relationship that has developed and moved into different seasons that couldn't, we couldn't have imagined when we started. But I want to invite you to be present with this story, to really get in the middle of it. Because when you start to experience what is being asked at the very beginning of this story, it starts to feel a little uncomfortable. See, Philip was invited to go someplace on a road and without any direction of who or how or what or why, just to go. And he, was, he followed the spirit into that. Now we identify that there's this gap because the spirit is inviting us to be present to her leading and move, or maybe even harder for us to obey. The title of this sermon is Get in the Chariot, because through this mutual relationship, God had bigger things to reveal. The destination was not the point. It was the journey and the relationship. Let's pray. Oh Lord, thank you so much for what you reveal through your spirit in the scriptures. Lord, would you open our eyes and our ears and our souls to hear what you want to say to us, each of us, in our spaces today, that we would move in ways that we may have been afraid to move before. In Jesus' name, amen. The first point is get in the chariot. Because as you read in verse 26 through 29, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out on his way. He met this Ethiopian eunuch, an important official. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah. And the spirit told Philip to go to that chariot and stay near it. Now, right in the very first verse, there's a little bit of a clue that this is going to be a different kind of road. 
Not just that the, that the journey is to a place, but it's a different kind of road. Because if you heard that, the, road, the word road was mentioned two times. Go to the road, the desert road. Well, the first road in the Greek is translated as hobos. And hobos doesn't mean the physical road. It actually means the way or the journey. God is sending Philip on a journey to where? Well, this desert road. The desert road is transferred of, as Eremos, and it means the wilderness. It was a wilderness road. He is on a journey through the wilderness. Now, I don't know if that rings any bells for you guys, but for me, it made me think about all these different people that were sent on a journey through the wilderness. And that's how they started, in some ways, started the, what God was calling them to be. Let's think, Abraham, Moses, Jonah, who, by the way, denied God following toward the way of the wilderness and was sent back. Ruth and Naomi and Esther also followed into a different kind of wilderness as they obeyed God and what God was telling them to do. And of course, Jesus, who started his ministry in the wilderness after being baptized, which has some foreshadowing for us today. In this story, as in many wilderness stories, the spirit gives direction, but little information Listen to the direction Philip got. This is it. Go to the road. You know, the really busy road. The only road that's going between Jerusalem and Gaza. Just go to that road. It's in the wilderness. Nothing else. And then verse 29, and go to that chariot, that specific one, and stand near it. What a brave move for Philip to follow God's leading, the Spirit's leading into that. But there's something very key here. Philip was very present and obedient to where the spirit was leading him without giving him a destination. Then both the proximity and the presence leads to the opportunity for what God is going to unveil next. Philip finds the purpose for his journey because as he's walking along with this chariot, he hears this man reading Isaiah 53 and offering what he has to give at that moment next to the chariot where God sent him was translation. He is present and doing what is right in front of him. So verses 30 and 31 say this, then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading the Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. You see, beautiful questions just like those lead to purpose and invitation. Now this eunuch was humble. He was sitting there reading Isaiah 53 out loud and was humble. He understood he needed a guide, that he needed someone to explain what he couldn't understand. But the eunuch was wealthy. He was a, had a prominent position in the, with the queen of Ethiopia. And it seems like he had this great desire to understand more about the Jewish faith because he'd likely traveled about 1,500 miles from Ethiopia to attend a festival and had enough money to purchase this scroll and then had enough time to go back. But a eunuch is an outsider in many ways. Eunuchs are castrated either by choice or by enslavement or by birth. And he was to eat from Ethiopia presumably black and unable to fulfill the law of circumcision. Although he was, his desire was to follow the faith, there's very little likelihood that he would have ever been invited. 
But that wasn't a barrier to Philip because Philip was just following what the spirit was telling him to do. These two would never have met if Philip would have not listened and followed the spirit. And if the eunuch wasn't looking for something in his own spirit and open to inviting a stranger into his chariot, a guide. We like to qualify people before we invite them into our chariot or before we ask them for information. We qualify through education and relational status and social and financial status. And personally, I have a case of the enoughs. Am I smart enough, strong enough, fit enough, funny enough? I disqualify myself from what God is asking me to do. But it's not about qualification. We can always find barriers to following the Spirit's lead. Plus, who wants to go someplace you don't know? Chantel and I had a destination in mind when we started our relationship, and that is not the destination the Spirit was taking us on. It was relationship. It's been inviting me to think about where I'm being called into the wilderness and who I'm in the chariot with and who I am not yet. Who's missing? We're going on a journey with these two. We're also in the midst of our own journey and wilderness as Christ followers, as a nation and as a world. A few months ago, with the surge of COVID-19, the entire world ended up on a different path, a different road than we planned. Then the subsequent awakening for many white people to the atrocities that have been just continued for our black and brown brothers and sisters in our country through systematic racism. As a church, we have to continue to come to terms with who's not in our chariot because we're not interested or we're not able to engage or inviting people in to our chariot that are different than us. Dr. Martin Luther King said, it is appalling that the most segregated hour of Christian America is an 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning. And that was a decades ago. This past week, we witnessed the passing of two incredible black men, John Lewis and Reverend C.T. Vivian, who are both partners and literal, literally on the roads with Martin Luther King, with freedom riders and helping to ensure that the segregation was ending in the South. And they continued on that road, the spirit-led road of working for justice and peace. This road we are on is inviting us to ask questions and admit we need a guide. This road is inviting us to get in the chariot, to sit with each other's stories and differences, to go on a journey of listening to each other and offering what we have in the present. In the chariot, there is relationship over difference. In this story, as with many, being present leads to transformation, which leads us to our second point. Destination is the relationship. Verses 34 to 36 say this. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is this prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Another question. Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave the orders to stop the chariot. And then both Philip and the eunuch went down in the water and Philip baptized him. We don't really know what Philip said next. We don't know what he said after he started to explain Isaiah 53. But Isaiah 53 
is this passage. He was led like a slaughter sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he did not open his mouth in his humiliation. He was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants for his life was taken from the earth. We don't know what Philip said next, but it led to the eunuch to feel like it was both possible and his deepest desire to be united with Christ through baptism, to pull over the chariot right that moment and engage in transformation, engage in this relationship with Christ. The eunuch found his faith by uniting with the brokenness. The eunuch found his faith by uniting with brokenness. And there was a way for him. There was a way made by Jesus and this good news message that he heard from Philip. And it could not have been known without this presence of relationship and getting in the chariot. The chariot actually became the way through the eunuch's own wilderness. This is good news. There's a way. What happens next is mysterious is as mysterious as it started. There's belief in, in Christ and baptism without official classes and confessions. Disappearance of Philip right after it happened and for both of them on to spread the good news. This is the evidence of the Holy Spirit's work that happened on this journey. From my unique vantage point, there is someone, there's a group of people in our church who need someone to be present with them and, and share the good news. And that's our youth right now. They have a mind for justice. It's amazing. They have a front row to what's happening through the technology that they walk around it with their, in their hands. A front row seat, actually, to the unfolding action of injustice. And they're looking for wise people to help understand the gospel, help them understand the gospel in the context of what they're witnessing They need a guide to share the good news that Jesus is who he says he is and that his heart is for justice and for mercy for the oppressed. If relationship is the destination and we're in the chariot together, who are you called to get in the chariot with? This is the first account of the farther farther reaching of the gospel. The eunuch is, it goes back to Ethiopia and shares the gospel and, it, and is attributed to the growth of the faith in Ethiopia. A more gracious and inclusive gospel than anyone could have understood. We need to consider that God is more generous and gracious than we sometimes imagine. What might it be inviting us to do as a church of Jesus followers? Who is the spirit whispering to you right now? to get in a chariot with, or do something different, to move without knowing what destination you're going to, whether you're scared or, or you're fearful, to move. Is it, is it asking you to, is, it, is the question asking you to find a spiritual guide to help you through some questions that you have? Is it to get out of your comfort zone? For far too long, the church has been defined by what it isn't rather than what it is. And the good news from this story reminds us that that none of us is worthy to be in the chariot with Jesus, but we're all invited into relationship anyway. Together, we are on a different road right now than we we could have ever predicted. 2020, who knew? Might God be leading us, the church, to a bigger and more gracious understanding of the gospel. 
What a gift to be present. Let's pray. Oh Lord, I sense you're just inviting us to be present with the reality that we live in right now, in our homes, with people that we see continually or people that we are missing. But Lord, the invitation is to go on to the road, to continue to believe and move and walk with you. Lord, to get in the chariot with someone that is different than us. To learn and be present to what you have to share between those that relationship. Lord, you are generous and gracious and loving God. And we thank you. In Jesus' name.